Fear stops us from achieving our true greatness. Are you a professional woman who is feeling stuck, unmotivated, or burned out? Are you worried about your wellness? Are you letting fear stop you from crushing your goals? If you answered yes to any or all of these, then this is the podcast for you. Dr. Charmaine Gregory, night shift emergency physician, burnout thriver, and wellness champion, along with everyday heroes just like you, will explore how to face fear in our lives and emerge victoriously. Are you on Clubhouse? This is Dr. G. I am too. You know what? You can find me at Charmaine Gregory or you can put in at PodcastingMD. See you there. Hello, 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 Fearless Freedom fam. It is Dr. G and we are here this week with Katrina Roddy. And Katrina is going to tell you all about who she is and what she's up to because guess what? She's up to a lot. So here we go. Hi, thank you for pronouncing my name correctly. My name is Katrina Roddy. I am best-selling author of Steal Your Skills from Corporate, but I'm also an entrepreneur coach and I coach on the mindset that it takes to transition out of an employee status to becoming what I like to say the CEO of your life as a new entrepreneur. Um, I spent 30 years, I, I start saying 30, 30 plus years in corporate insurance um, before I was laid off. And it was at that moment that I took my 30 years experience and I married it to my entrepreneur spirit. Then I became a coach to help people make that transition. Awesome. 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 And I see many opportunities where we could talk about fear there. So what happened? <laughs> so when you got, I mean, so you're there, you are giving your all to corporate and for yeah. years and years and years, like for years, like 30 years plus. Yeah, yeah. And, right. And so that's like, I know this sounds weird, but this is actually the age of some people who are listening to the, um, to the podcast. So, you know, that's a lifetime for some, for some that you have dedicated Absolutely. to this particular industry. And so now you got laid off. Can you tell us like what kind of feelings you were having at that time? Did you have any fear about what the future was going to bring or any of anything along those lines? Oh, you're so kind. All of those things happen. <laughs> I, you know, and this is what I, I do. I created my company's called the corporate breakup for a reason, because I compare it to a personal breakup and people don't realize that you do go through this, the same phases that you go through the grief stages, right? So there was anger, there's avoidance, there's um, sleep disturbances, there's just anxiety out of control because you don't know what to do. If you think about this, Dr. G, I've been in a structured environment for the most of my life. Like right out of high school, I went right into corporate America because that became one, that was one of my um, college courses. So I'd work part-time and they would report back to my school. So I started at a very young age and that's all I knew. So when I got laid off, I have this, this vision that eventually I was going to leave and do something that I really wanted to, but I thought I had enough time to figure that out. Well, mm. corporate said no. 
So it just, it shocked my system, you know, and I don't lie to people. I tried to get back into corporate. I just didn't feel good about it because I already had in my mind that I was going to leave eventually. And it just didn't feel the same for me. I'd been in it so long. Everything was, you know, went round and round. So I had all of those things. I had anger, avoidance, anxiety, sleep disturbances. All of those things came along with it. And you think about this, it's the same things that people go through in a personal breakup, right? And people will gather around them and offer support and bring wine over and bring ice cream and bring all of those things over. But when you get laid off from corporate or you break up from corporate, they're like, that girl needs to find another job. Yes, (laughs) pretty much. (laughs) Yeah. So the support system is a little different. So the fear is always, what am I going to do? What are the next steps? Mm -hmm. What, how do I, how do I overcome these things? You know, what are other people doing in this, in this situation? So it kind of sounds like a couple of things happened. It sounded like you were trying to understand what was happening, right? Because yep. now the thing that was constant is not, is no, is now a variable. <laughs> yeah. And then the next thing is you were um, trying to figure out what the next steps were. And then you actually tried to get back in yeah. to what you knew. Right. But yeah. then you had like mixed feelings about that. So what caused you or what was it that, allowed for you to be able to make the pivot? Like, how did you make it? So my, my strong, my strong desire to really figure out how to become an entrepreneur um, was louder than me going back to corporate. And so what I actually said was, hey, even though I said that I was going to wait about four or five years before I make this transition, what, you know, actually what God is saying to me now, it's your turn now. Like, let's figure it out now. What's going to, what's going to keep you from doing it now. And so at that point I started and I thought the natural progression would be to work as an independent contractor for a big company, because you're still kind of on your own, but they're telling you, you know, do this or you're under a contract. And at that point I was like, no, no, I just love corporate. And I know they always say it feels like you're, it's like running your own business, but it's not. And, and at that point, I had started going to networking events and I would, you know, teach people how to budget, how to network, how to manage their book of business, all of these things I was helping people with because those things came natural to me. And one lady came up to me, Dr. G, and says, Honey, you are giving out too much free information. This is yes. Yep. <laughs> so you had someone who kind of recognized that. Like, yes. um, excuse me, this should be behind a paywall. Like, yeah. this isn't for exactly. free. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. This should be behind a paywall. And that's when I decided to put all of those things because I realized these are things that I learned in corporate. These are things that I can help others with. And I compiled them all to one area. And that's when I created the book. Oh, fantastic. All right. So now if you're watching a video, then you can see that the book is on the screen there. But if someone isn't watching and listening to this in the audio format, do you mind talking about the book and saying a little bit more about what what it is and the title and everything? Yep. So the title is Steal Your Skills from Corporate. And I really mean that because that's what I did. (laughs) Um, It's an eight step guide to help you transition from the beginning of your, you, you know, you have a thought about being an entrepreneur and it'll give you the tools and tips to guide you along the way. So for example, the first step that that I work on with individuals um, is helping them identify what their skills are. 
like helping them pull their skills. And then by the time we get to the eighth step, we take everything that we've learned and we manage our time. Now, what's time management? How do we take all of that stuff and manage our time? Because a lot of people, and I'm sure you can agree with this, want to be entrepreneurs because they want to be, they want to have a little free time. Yes. They want, but they don't know how to do it. No, nope. they don't know. And how sometimes to do it. it ends up being that you spend more time working on you your business. You spend more time, right? <laughs> and so I take. I'm only saying that because I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm there. I have to remind myself I have boundaries. So that's what I do. I take people through those steps, um, and then with additional information, information that I've learned along the way. You know, how do you get yourself out there to be recognized in the marketing? How do you do podcasts? How do you pitch to other people? How do you pitch to be a magazine? I teach all of that stuff, and that's part of my coaching programs. Fantastic, fantastic. And then, so if if somebody's interested in hiring you, how can they find you? They can find me on, my website is called thecorporatebreakup.com. That's easy enough. You're breaking up from corporate. And then I'm on all social media platforms at kroddy65. That's K-R-O-D-D-Y 65. Okay, So that's cool. Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Clubhouse, whatever it is, it's kroddy65. Fantastic. That's actually um that's actually a good uh, tactic slash hack or something to have it be the same across all platforms. I learned that a few years ago, but I never yeah. changed my Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I learned that with age. I'm like, I don't want to keep remembering uh, these things. Yeah, so, well, it lo- worked out great because, um you know, basically people don't really want to have to like remember different things. So my Twitter, I'm like, ah, I only use my Twitter really for meetings anyway. So Twitter yeah. to me is not really that like... Uh, I don't focus on that platform. So I'm just kind of like, ah, whatever, I don't care. But, (laughs) but, but (laughs) the other platforms, I'm like, no, it needs to be Charmaine Gregory MD. And that's, that's so, um, (laughs) but yeah, so, but I learned that because I I used to have it where it was like different names on different platforms. It's like, oh my gosh, but consolidating a brand is very important. And so having the same name across all platforms is very helpful to your clientele and helpful people to find you right because then they start searching you and actually I had two people search me recently and I thought I I was kind of taken aback by it because it was like not the setting where I would expect someone would have searched me but but anyway they were like hey I googled you and I'm like you did okay you know (laughs) but then but then I remembered that I I work very hard to control my narrative on social media. So, you know, so I wasn't like uncomfortable. I wasn't like, oh my God, what did you find? Or it just felt odd, right? I was just like, that's kind of weird. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, this is just bizarre. But yeah. So I guess people do that, huh? They Google you. All the time. (laughs) I've had people tell me stuff about me and I'm like, wow. And you know, and I know this is another topic, but it's so funny because even on YouTube, I didn't really know that I had a channel. <laughs> I've had it for so long. And oh, so I see. My you son, forgot. Yeah, I just forgot. forgot. So my son, oh, okay. my son was a competitive swimmer. And so I would put all of his stuff on YouTube to condense it so that I can share it with my dad. I didn't mm-hmm. realize that it was a channel and people were looking at it. So when I started putting some of my business stuff on there, they'll say, hey, I saw that picnic you went to and I saw your son swim. And I'm like, how are you seeing that stuff? So I had to go back and block all of those. And make those it. private. Yeah, make <laughs> those like unlisted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And I had to just open up the business one so that people can see that. 
Oh, yeah. And it wasn't yeah. anything to, you know, it, there's nothing on there that's crazy. There's a ton of swim videos. Right. But it was just the fact that people would, I, you know, I didn't want them to have to search for the business stuff right, because right. they can't really get to it because of the swimming. But and yeah, then they're funny. like, what is your brand? Are you a corporate breakup? Are you a swimming <laughs> Are mom? You a what? Coach? Like, what? What is going on? <laughs> So yeah, in order for there not to be confusion, totally makes sense. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Totally makes sense. Wow. So your, so your son still, well, I mean, I mean, obviously he's grown up now, right? Yes. He he is 19. Okay. Oh yeah. So grown up pretty much out the house at least. (laughs) At least you hope they're out the house. I don't know. At 19 Mm. these days, sometimes they got to stick around just because times are off out there. So, um, Hmm. Okay, cool. And so is, is he still swimming or is that, was it something? No, he did he's actually kid? not swimming anymore. His, um, he stopped swimming at the age of 15. Oh, okay. Um, and it's really, he was a very elite swimmer. Um, so his next stop would have been the Olympic trials. And we had already knew that how many seconds we were off from trying out. So his friends continue because, you know, he was with a, a pod of people who are elite swimmers and we were supposed to go and see them last year at the uh, Olympic trials, but because of everything. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, if he had stayed with them, he would have been right with them, but he stopped and he um, he's a creative mind. So he has his arts, he has his music, he's creating a talk show, like all of these things are going on. He had gone to an art school in um, New York. So he went to the Pratt Institute. Oh, so, nice. Yeah, I know where Pratt is. Yeah. yeah. I grew up in New York City, so that's oh, awesome. Where are you now? I'm in Guam. Okay. Oh, good for you. <laughs> Get out this country. <laughs> well, technically it's a territory, but but yes, it is. It's, a, it's not yeah. like the U.S. at all. It's very different. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> good for you. Good for you. That's awesome that your son is so creative, though. I mean, that's that's great. And that he's yeah. pursuing his dream. Pratt's a really great school. So yeah. I know he's gotten the skills to um, really succeed in that area. So that's fantastic. Wow. Yeah. He got in on a photography scholarship. Oh, so. wow. And he got a scholarship too. That's even better. Yeah. So whenever <laughs> I need my videos edited, guess who I go to? <laughs> oh, no, that's fantastic. It's good to have the talent right in the home, right in the right family. Here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Because I mean, that could be good. pretty expensive. Video editing can be pretty expensive. So, oh yeah. I don't do many yeah. of them now. You know, my form, my formula is I wanted to be interviewed at X amount of time on my company and the book. And I'm, I'm kind of moving along. I've, I've exceeded oh, my goal so far. So I had to do a new goal, but then on the flip side of that, I get to call you one day and say, Hey, will you be on my podcast? And I get to call all oh, of yeah. these people that I've had along the way. So there's strategy. Dr. That sounds fantastic. Strategy. I love that strategy. It's great. <laughs> it's so funny because like, um, so my business manager, her name is Sherilyn. You probably interfaced with her. Yeah. Um, so she was like, Sherilyn, give me a shout out. <laughs> She's listening to this. <laughs> um, so <laughs> she's probably blushing too. Um, so she was like, you know, you need to get on more podcasts. And I'm like, oh my gosh. It's funny because I don't think of that because there was a time when I was getting on a lot of them and I was just kind of yeah. like, okay. But now I'm just focused really on like interviewing as many people as possible just to kind of yeah. like keep, you know, keep good content coming to the tribe and, and giving as many people as possible an opportunity to share their pearls with the tribe. And so, you know, 
so yeah, so that, that's kind of like my my vibe, right? But um, yeah. she's like, no, but you need to get on shows. You do. You <laughs> so as you're saying that, I was like, oh yeah, I guess I should probably get get yeah. on some shows lately. You know, again, <laughs> you know, I start doing that so, again. So so eventually, I'm gonna flip the switch, and then I'm gonna have all of these podcasts that I've been on. I'm gonna have interviews with them. So your name's on the list. Okay. All right. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Coordinate something. Good. That sounds good. <laughs> that sounds good. Awesome. And then, so, you know, so you have like, you may, so you had this ridiculous, like push almost into, mm-hmm. you know, doing things for yourself, going all in for yourself, right. Becoming your, yeah. as you say, CEO of your life. Right. And so then you like, um, then you like try to dip your toe back into corporate. You find out that's not really for you. It confirms your path. And yeah. then you get this epiphany. You're guided by, by someone who kind of pushes you to see that you should not be giving away everything for free, that you should have some items that you are putting behind a paywall and serving your, your people with. Mm-hmm. And so then you, you go, you embark on the coaching venue. Now, did you do any, any training or did you just like kind of do it and, just use experiential training as your, as your litmus? Like, what did you do there? Like, so how did little, that go? A little bit of both, a little bit of both. So when I did my book, I did have a writing coach, a writing slash business coach. And unbeknownst to us, um, you know, the writers who were completing their book with this publisher, um, she just happened to be best friends with Marianne Williamson. And Marianne Williamson okay. is famous author, spiritual leader, um, you know, at one point, spiritual leader to Oprah you know, ran for president in 2016. So she would come to me and coach me, you know, wow. we coached for a while. And she just kind of, she's the one who helped me with my mindset, you know, coming out of corporate, um, you're writing this book. Uh, I thought at one point, oh, it's just a business book. Oh, it's just a business book. I'm giving people tips. And she helped me realize that you're not just giving people tips, but you're literally helping them through that transition. That transition can be very daunting and you've gone through it and you know how that feel because you sat in that pain for a minute before it kicked in for you to say, I need to do something. I need to make some moves. And those are the things that I coach others on as well. So when I first start coaching, it was interesting because I thought I was just going to help them pull their skills, right? I'm going to help you pull your skills. We're going to go through these steps. But what I learned very early off was I literally am helping them with the transition of the fear of transition. And that's what most of them are coming through. They're coming through. It's a fear of transition because corporate is so different than being on your own. You've Mm -hmm. been told what to do. You've been told what time to come in, who your clients are, what time you're going to eat, who your friends are, told all of that. When you come over to become an entrepreneur, nobody tells you those things. You kind of have to figure these out and you're following other people and you think they're doing well. And a lot of people are show, you know, they're on paper. They look great. Instagram, whatever. Yes. Like the Instagram filters on, you know, no realism whatsoever. They (laughs) all have filters. So, you know, and I really felt, I, I do feel passionate about helping entrepreneurs get to the next step. Here's the next step for you. Here's the next step. And at one point, you don't need me as a coach. You'll need somebody else. I still have a coach. My coach has a coach. And I think that's the one thing I want them to understand is that you can't do this alone. 
and you're not alone in this in this world mindset that you have. Other people have gone through it. And that's why I strictly focus on making sure they learn how to be vulnerable and share their story. Awesome. 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 I love it. Yeah. And uh, so that in all the things you say, I'm like, oh, look at that. Mm. Because, um, <laughs> because, you know, it's, 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 it's really, really funny. Like I am a hybrid, right? So I, I still work full time in the hospital mm-hmm. and um, then I run my businesses on the side. So like my businesses are like my side gigs, you know? Yeah. And so like, um, but I completely understand that because when I'm working on my business, I am thinking as though I'm um, not, you know, like I'm, I'm thinking as though this is the main gig, you know, I don't know how, if that makes sense, but I, I treat it like it's the main gig, but it's actually yes. the side gig, right? Until it becomes the main gig, like till it makes enough yeah. money that it becomes the main gig. But, you know, it, it, in the process, you do have that issue, right? So you, you, you have that issue where you're like, okay, how much time do I spend, you know, reaching out yeah. to people to try to get them to recognize my, what I do? And how much time do I spend creating content? You know, like all these things that you have to kind of, con- you have control over, but you just don't know like how much time to d- divvy up yes. to each item to make sure yeah. that you're not like dying, right? Because then what to happens- To make sure is your you business get, is growing. Make sure it grows, right? Make sure it grows. And for a long time, I did not care. I treated my, I treated my businesses like hobbies. And for many years, many years, I treated them like hobbies and not like businesses. And, and it was actually okay that that happened Mm -hmm. because the reason why that happened was because essentially fitness got me out of burnout, but really entrepreneurship helped Mm. get me out of burnout. So, you know, like I went through this ridiculous time where I was burnt out, didn't want to do medicine anymore. was ready to walk away kind of thing. And I started working out, you know, consistently with a group and then I became a fitness coach. And then I started a business around fitness coaching. And so I became very involved and I fell in love with that whole business aspect but I was still was treating it like a hobby. And that was good at the time because it helped me to learn the skills while, you know, while I'm still like living my life. And it helped me to be able to um, utilize those skills that I learned in entrepreneurship in my practice of medicine. And it helped me to be a better doctor, which is crazy, right? So I didn't realize all this. So then, you know, I get to the point where I'm like, okay, wait, I really want to like, have this make money now. Like what I do. (laughs) And that part was a difficult transition. I was like, I just don't know. I mean, I've been doing this like kind of like what you're doing. I was doing a lot of things for free. And I was like, not wanting to charge people because I'm like, oh, you know, you know, there's so, they they need this. This is great information. This is great content. They need this, and it's helping them. And I was always afraid. I was always the one that didn't want to ask for money. Like I was just like, yeah. I don't want to ask for money. I don't want to charge. You know, I don't want to seem like that person. Like, I mean, come on, really? What is that? But, person? but it also was a passion for you though. And that's why yes, you, yes. you allowed yourself to do it. So that's one of the questions I do ask when I start coaching people, would you do this for free? Cause it kind of teaches me like, if this is their passion, then they have to be told to ask people for money. It's one yes. of those things. I had definitely yeah. had to be told. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> so did I. So did I. Say, um, you may want to, I mean, your, your time is pretty expensive. You know, I'm like, yeah, no, but this is kind of like, no, yeah. no, your time's expensive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. But I yeah. So some good, some good stuff, some good stuff. So yeah, if there are any entrepreneurs been... listening, you know, take heed. <laughs> <You're>, <laughs> you have to figure out whether you treat your business as a hobby or yeah. it's actually a business. And then you should definitely, even if it is your passion, you should definitely ask for something. Even if you're not going to ask for, you know, the highest amount, but like start asking your for time. Something. Yeah. Cause your, your time, time is very valuable. Skills. Very yep. valuable. Yeah. Yeah. I learned that lesson. That, that's real talk. I promise you. And you'd be surprised, but I actually started off as a business manager for my friend who was a fitness coach. Oh, okay. And I did that while I was still working in corporate, just helping them because, you know, I had the business skill part of it. And it was one of our other good friends who came to me. It was like, she, people pay for what she's doing for you, mister. <laughs> Cause I was helping them out same way. Never yes. looked, I looked at it as it was a hobby for me. And that's when I learned that I, I had these things that I had developed over time at corporate. Um, and I just started using them. I, you know, presentation skills. I had um, all of these interpersonal skills. I can talk to the C-suite because that's all I did. I worked in corporate insurance for a very long time with some very high-end clients. So these are things that I just took along with me. But one thing I will say, and I want your audience to know because I, I continue to say corporate, but corporate can be a metaphor for life. You do have some life skills that maybe you aren't aware of because you do them so easily and someone else needs to point them out. And I, I like to use the, um, the, the example of if you have a mom or I was a sports mom because I talked about my son being a swimmer, but, you know, had to organize like the travel for the, for the team or organize the snacks or the concession or whatever. You have organization skills. You can organize things and you could, you know, there are some people I watch these, these shows and I see these people organizing their entire homes and they have a show and they make money from that. They probably, they do it with ease. I don't do it. No, <laughs> I would me hire neither. Them. I'm struggling. I'm struggling. I'm looking at this office right now and I'm like, man, I need to organize this office. Ooh, stress. Yes. <laughs> so there's skill. My, my point is there's skills everywhere that you may have. And you can definitely make a career out of that because those start, if you're doing them easily, those are the things that make you happy and you can definitely develop, develop a career from those. And then I give you eight steps because I'm really sure that you can do these things on your own. But if you ever feel like you need accountability, you need to help, you need help getting through those things, some extra. And, and that's when people hire me. Cause I do, I tell, I give it all. It's all in the book. Wow. That's awesome. But I mean, there's, there's, I'm sure there's definitely great value in the book, but people do realize that like, yes. you know, getting the the coaching is huge, you know, cause I, yep. I, I mean, everybody needs a coach. Like you said, um, yep. LeBron James, I love talking about this man because he is the ultimate in like coachability, right? So this guy, yeah. he's the top of his game. He's upper echelon elite athlete, and he still has, he invests millions into coaching, yes still because yeah. he's like look i'm not at the top i mean he's at the top but he's like i'm not at my best and yeah. he's like look in order for me to maintain my position advance 
further, grow more, I need to have someone to see my blind spots and I can't see yes. them. Right. That's why they're blind is. spots. So he gets coaches for everything. And I think that's yeah. absolutely amazing. So it's kind of funny to me sometimes when people are like, oh, I can't believe you spend that much on coaching. I'm like, oh my God, why wouldn't I? It's totally worth exactly. it. Like, it's like, yeah. you know, look at how much he spends. I don't spend nowhere near where he spends, but you know what? He sees that re return investment so many times over. Yep. And so and it's like, well, what quicker. are you looking at? You get yeah. there a lot faster and your time, like we talked about just a minute ago is very precious. So if yep. you want to get somewhere fast, then you get your coach. Like that is just the yeah. bottom line. I, you like to use LeBron James. I like to use Serena Williams. Oh my I mean, gosh. I've yes. watched that lady. Oh my gosh. I, there's a documentary out about her and I've watched that documentary and I watched what her coaches do for her. And you know, she has a, she probably has a coach for each arm and each leg. She oh, yeah. believes she's, in making she's, sure. Yeah. She's phenomenal. She's incredible. She's phenomenal. There's yeah. no doubt. No doubt about it. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, no, no, it's absolutely true. And you know what? We could have this conversation for quite a while, but we have to, uh, we, have to we have to cut it short. Well, this, is, this just means I got to come on your show then. There you go. It's settled. That's good. Good, good. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a tradition on the show. Um, it is the fill in the blanks. Are you ready, okay. Katrina? Okay. Sure. Right. Let's fill them All in. All right. Awesome. So the first one is, if I am fearless, I will. Okay. If I am fearless, I will. Um... Oh, man, that's a hard one. I will conquer uh, homelessness. Okay. Okay. Yeah. There's a lot here. I'm in Chicago a, and I, I see it oh, all yes. the time. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. Yes. Yeah. I could totally see we that. We spend so much money on other things and I'm like, got some people here that need help. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a huge big city problem, though. I think um, yeah, it is. Uh, New York City was huge with that. Miami is big with it. Like it's a lot of cities, uh, unfortunately, where the cost of living is higher. People just can't mm -hmm. always um, make ends meet. So. No, yeah. that's a that's a great one. That's a great one. I mean, there's a homeless population with colleges. Well, this before COVID, but I, I didn't realize that. And I, I was talking to one of the deans who works downtown at a school and I heard that and I'm like, I don't get it. But there is. So wow. anyway, next question. All right. So the next one is to me, fearless freedom means. Um, it means conquering the what if statement. A lot of times people get stuck behind, what if I don't have enough friends? What if I don't have enough family that support me? What if I don't have enough anything? But they don't realize that we're in a balanced world and what if goes both ways? So what if you yes. do have enough friends that support you? What if you do succeed at this? What if you do? So it means conquering the what if statement and using the other side. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. That goes along with fear too, by the way. <laughs> Talk yes. about that sometimes. All right. Awesome. Yeah. And then, and then last but not least, my battle cry is. Oh, my battle cry is to all entrepreneurs to stand up and do what fills your heart. Awesome. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for taking time out of your busy day and spending time with the Fearless Freedom Tribe. We appreciate you and we're wishing you all the success in your coaching and in sales of the book and in conquering homelessness, all of the things, all the passions we wish you great success with. And we hope that thank you will you. do so fearlessly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you awesome. for having me part of your show.
I love yes. it. Yes, 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 yes. Absolutely. No problem. Thank you. 